Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. John Justrinsky. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The Fan. WFAN. 10.04. Here on this Thursday evening, it's JJ. John Justrinsky. We're guiding you through the next four hours right here on The Fan. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. And not going to lie. Today was kind of a sad day in Yankee land because one of my favorites over the last seven or so years is making his way back to Japan. One of the best big game pitchers the Yankees have had, in my opinion, over the last 20 years is Masahiro Tanaka. So Tanaka out, Kuber in, Tyon in, LeMayu Holly is back. Let's talk some Yankee baseball, one of the best. You check him out pre and post for the Yes Network. One of my all-time favorites, the great Jack Curry. Jack, what's happening, brother? How you doing, man? Hey, JJ. How are you? Good to join you. Jack, my pleasure. Let's start here. Legacy of Masahiro Tanaka. Came in, big contract, hefty expectations, partial tear in the UCL the first year. But you know what? He was as durable as it gets. Aside from 2020, he was a premier big-game pitcher. And I think he will have a lasting legacy of being beloved by the Yankee fan. Is that fair to say? That's very fair to say, J.J. I just finished doing a hot stove show on Yes with Bob Lorenz and John Flaherty, and what I said was, you sign a player to a seven-year, $155 million contract, especially a pitcher, and you hope at the end of it you can say, that was a solid investment, that was a wise investment. And with Tanaka, the Yankees can absolutely say that. I agree with you on the big game pedigree. What I liked about him is in an era where it's all about power, power hitting, velocity, who's throwing 99, who's throwing 100. Here was Tanaka standing out there on the mound not wanting to throw his fastball. He wanted to get you with a splitter, slider. He wanted to pitch backwards. And also, J.J., incredible control. I mean, this guy was a strike-throwing machine, so he will be missed. Uh, the durability factor was there for him for most of his career, and I, and I think the Yankees will miss some of that. Jack, as far as not bringing Tanaka back, what was the thought process there? Listen, last year in the regular season, he did a fine job. Postseason, he did not. He got rocked by the Indians. That was that wacky game when they're pulling the tarp on and off. I, I throw that out the window. The Tampa game was uncharacteristic of what you normally got from Tanaka. Were the Yankees looking at the upside and the potential of a guy like Corey Kluber and saying in a game two situation or in a postseason type of spot, we think the ceiling and the potential is higher for Kluber than it is Tanaka? Is that why they made this decision? Well, you said it very well. 
And the Yankees are going to address some of this tomorrow. Aaron Boone and Brian Cashman are both doing Zoom conference calls. But the Yankees are telling you that they chose Kluber over Tanaka for that spot. I think a couple things went into this, J.J. Heading into the offseason, I think Tanaka probably was looking at being a 12 to $15 million a year pitcher. Charlie Morton got $15 million for one year, and if you match up Tanaka's numbers with his, he, he's right there. I think the Yankees also, in looking at Kluber, didn't think Kluber was going to end up becoming an $11 million pitcher. I think they thought that Kluber could be had for less than that. And I think some of that went into their thinking in an offseason where they're clearly trying to stay under 210. They wanted to sign LeMahieu. So I think that they were interested in Tanaka, but they were interested in other potential pitchers and that being Tyone, who they were able to get for prospects, and he has a low salary, and that being Kluber. And I think you said it very well. If Corey Kluber is is 90% of who he was from 2014 to 2018, that's better than Tanaka. I mean, this guy was a two-time Cy Young Award winner. This guy is fantastic. But, J.J., the question is, who's he going to be in 2021? And not even he can answer that just yet. You know, Jack, I love the tie-on move. He's a tough kid, two Tommy John surgeries, cancer survivor, and I think it's fair to say the recommendation from Garrett Cole probably pulled a lot of weight. I mean, listen, Garrett Cole knows the guy well. We know how Garrett Cole goes about his business. I think putting tie-on with Garrett Cole over the next year or two, that could end up being a blessing for the Yankees. I thought that move was such an absolute no-brainer. I thought that was a great move. You look at the players that the Yankees gave up, and Yohore pitched for them last year. Maybe he turns into a rotation piece at some point. But none of the players they gave up, J.J., were going to be very impactful in 2021. Tyone, on the other hand, this could be your number three starter if things go the way the Yankees expect them to go. And I love guys who, who talk pitching. I did a book with David Cohn, and I couldn't get enough of the interviews we did because of his pitching knowledge. And Tyone, in the, in the Zoom conference call that he did, just this guy's grasp of pitching, his ability to talk pitching, you could see why he and Cole were, were such buddies. And, and I think, J.J., when you look at the changes that he made after his second Tommy John surgery, he realized he wasn't using his legs as much as he should and he has changed his delivery. He is kind of short-arming the ball a little bit more, but that's because his hips and his legs are all working, and that's taking some stress off of his elbows. So these could both end up being terrific signings for the Yankees, but in speaking with someone from another team, he said, I like both of these moves that the Yankees made, Kluber and Tyone, but they have to produce. Both of these guys have to come back and show that they're healthy, and show that they can be very productive and be who the Yankees expect them to be. Jack, let's have a little fun here. The Yankees have a bunch of young pitchers who performed well last year. Some maybe didn't get an opportunity, i.e. a Clark Schmidt. I allow Jack Curry to buy stock in one of the following. Davey Garcia, Jordan Montgomery, Clark Schmidt. Who is Jack Curry buying stock in for the 2021 season? Well, I could throw in a, a GameStop uh, reference here. but I, I was going to say, I right wasn't going to go gonna, there. If you want to, I'm be my guest, Jack. Be my guest. That was so lame right there. I might surprise you a little bit. 
I would uh, choose Clark Schmidt. And, and uh, this is not just a, a Jack Curry from the top of the rooftop opinion. In speaking to people around the Yankees who have seen this kid pitch a lot more than I have, they see an all-star in the making. Now, Davey Garcia, I could say the same thing about him. But what I like about Schmidt, J.J., is the curveball is already above average major league curveball. He needs to harness his fastball command. And when he does that, I think he's on his way. What I started to say is what I like is that this kid expects to be great. He thinks he should be an all-star. He he talks the talk, and now he's ready to walk the walk. So I think the Yankees have a pitcher who will be impactful for them in 2021 and beyond. I wouldn't be surprised if Schmidt starts the year in the minor leagues because they feel like he needs some more seasoning, but they think he has the stuff and the mental makeup to be a terrific starter in the major leagues. We got the outstanding Jack Curry. Check him out pre and post, janky hot stove, all that great content over at the Yes Network. Jack, nobody was happy than me. Maybe Hal Steinbrenner, maybe Brian Cashman, maybe Aaron Boone. But I want to be in that group too. When I found out that DJ LeMayu was back, the guy's born to be a Yankee. He fits the team perfectly. He's a gamer. He's clutch. He gets big hits. He puts the bat on the ball. I mean, I could wax poetic for hours. But I actually got to take DJ to task here because he made a comment today that I have to be honest, I adamantly disagree with. He said, Jack, that he believed the Yankees were a better team last year in their matchups against Tampa Bay and their postseason series against Tampa Bay. Maybe they're going to be better this year. Maybe they were better in 2019. But, Jack, I can't say they were a better team when they got whooped in the regular season and they ended up losing in a best-of-five series. Like, I know he's a part of the team. I know he's a part of the fabric. Rays were better last year. I don't know if you felt that way. I thought they were a better team across the board. Yeah, the better team won last year, and the Yankees took it to the final game in, in, the, in the postseason and almost won that game and could have and should have and all that but didn't. Here's the, what I took away from that answer because I was on that Zoom call, and I think you already hinted at it. DJ LeMay, who loves his team and loves his teammates, he was not beating his chest and saying, we were the better team. I think when you lose and your season ends – and you need to motivate yourself heading back to the next year, I think that athletes say things like that. He is not the kind of guy to say anything controversial. I just think he believed in his team, J.J. That's what I took from that. But you're right. If you go head-to-head matchup, and if you go with the team that performed better, that was the race. Jack, I think it's pretty simple. They're going to score a ton of runs when we get to the regular season. They have guys they can mix and match with. I think we're probably both of the assumption, you could correct me if I'm wrong, that Brett Gardner's probably back as this team's fourth outfielder for Hicks as a caddy, play a little left field, give or take. I'm not worried about the Yankees scoring runs in the regular season. I'm wondering if you have the same critique I do. They get into the playoffs, and in the regular season, they're fine mashing against, you know, the third starter, the fourth starter of another team who's right-handed. But when they face that tough righty, they face a Charlie Morton or they face a Tyler Glass now, whoever it may be. Do you get concerned about how this lineup matches up because of how heavily right-handed they are? Is that overblown? I think it's a fair point to bring up, and I know Cashman's been asked about this. And, for instance, 
Luke Voigt is a right-handed hitting first baseman. Who is the lefty first baseman you would rather have? That's available, that, that you could have to replace Luke Voigt. I've heard Cashman say something like that. I'm not saying you bringing this up isn't valid. I think they think that their players, whether they hit from the right, right side or the left side, give them that kind of offense that can put them over the top. I go back to what you said about D.J. LeMahieu earlier before you asked me that question. Imagine their lineup without D.J. LeMahieu. At least D.J. LeMahieu gives you that different wrinkle. He's a line drive hitter. He goes line to line. Uh, he puts the ball in play. I asked T.J. LeMahieu, J.J., that question today. I said, listen, I know you have an elite skill set, but we've seen what has worked for you. Why can't more players try and hit the way that you hit? You can't shift against LeMahieu because he doesn't allow you to. He hits the ball to all fields. And LeMahieu's answer was, guys play to their strengths, and we have guys who hit the ball out of the ballpark. So I think that's kind of the answer for your question, too. This is who they are, and when and if they win a World Series, it's probably going to be because a lot of their guys did hit balls out of the ballpark, and they performed very well. You know, Jack, I had a lot of Yankee fans complaining a few days ago when they made that Adam Adovino trade. And listen, I'm well aware of the fact that Adam Adovino could go up to Boston, big games during the summer, and he's striking out Judge, he's striking out Sanchez. I'm yelling and screaming, but they saved all that money, and they got a guy in Darren O'Day who I got a lot more confidence in in a big spot. I saw Adovino the last two years. Last year, the Yankees didn't trust him. Two years ago, he was terrible against the Houston Astros. That was going to be really hard to overcome. Very tough to get back in that circle of trust. Did you have a problem with the they Yankees take, making that trade? Because I did not. I thought it was a no-brainer. Yeah, they lost. JJ, you just said it fast. Sorry for jumping you there. They lost trust in Adovino. So whatever you and I want to say to talk about Adovino's career, and there were times, career with the Yankees, there were times where he was really solid. And, I mean, his slider, he throws three different types of that slider, and it's nasty. They showed you what they thought of him the last two late in the seasons into the postseason. He was a non-factor. I was not surprised they made the deal. It had been much rumored. And I agree with your point that they just got a pitcher at a much lower salary who is absolute torture on, on right-handed hitters. You go back to 2015, since 2015 – only four other pitchers, four other relievers, have a lower batting average against than batters do against him, against O'Day. And it's Chapman, it's Hayter, it's Miller, and I forget who the fourth is. But that's the kind of stuff we're talking about, J.J. I spoke to Buck Showalter yesterday. He managed O'Day. He loved this move for the Yankees. And he said O'Day actually has added a little bit of a rising fastball that he now throws to lefties because – with the three-batter minimum, he's obviously going to have to face some lefties. But, J.J., a batter wants to pick up the ball out of the pitcher's hand. And O'Day just doesn't let you do that. It's just an uncomfortable at-bat. Dan, another bullpen arm, Jack? Or is that depending on what the market's going to dictate? I think what you might see now, and I agree with you about Gardner, I, I do think that, that Gardner has a spot on this team, and I think it'll be a one-year deal at a, at a low salary. I think at this point we might be looking at minor league contracts, non-roster invites, guys who have a chance to come to spring training, make an impact, and, and make the team that way. 
because they're, they're pushing up against that 210, so I'm not sure how much more they're going to try and add. Bigger threat right now to them in the division. Tampa, who beat them out last year, or Toronto, who spent all this money on Springer, Simeon, and it seems like the list goes on and on. JJ, the obvious answer, I shouldn't say obvious, but the, the chic and trendy answer would probably be Toronto because their lineup is just terrific. We just did a breakdown on our hot stove show comparing their lineup to the Yankees. And, I mean, you're right, Springer, Semyon, Biggio, Guerrero Jr., Bichette. But Toronto's pitching, beyond Ryu, they're, they're barren there. They, they need to get some arms. I look at the Rays, and I see no Snell, and I see no Charlie Morton, and I say to myself, well, well how is this team going to compete? One of the Tampa Bay writers, Mark Topkin, had a, had a great stat a couple of weeks ago. In the last two years, in the games that Snell and Morton started, the Rays won 61% of them. In the game that other starters started, they won 60% of those. So the Rays are smart, and they find a way. So I guess this is a circuitous way to answer your question and say, I still think the Rays will be the team that will give the Yankees the most trouble in the division. Jack, final one. Appreciate the time. Yankee lineup. Let's take LeMayu out of this because, listen, we know what we're going to get. You know, the guy plays. The guy's super consistent. The guy's a stud. If there is one X factor for them throughout the regular season, hopefully throughout the postseason, that really needs to shine and come through in a big way, is there one guy you'd have circled in that lineup? I think it has to be Gary Sanchez. Uh, I think Judge and, and Stanton need to stay on the field and need to play the bulk of the games. But Sanchez, J.J., coming off last year, he's one of the most polarizing Yankees I've ever covered. You you talk to Yankee officials and Yankee coaches and people who are around him, and they talk about his work ethic and how hard he works and how he wants to be great, and they believe in him. Brian Cashman a few years back said to me he's a budding MVP candidate. And then you look at him last year, and you look at how much he struggled, especially struggling against fastballs, which is, it just boggles my mind, a, a major league hitter who, who used to do so much damage against them. I think he's the guy, J.J. I, I think he's the guy that has to come through, that has to go back to being the player that we saw earlier in his career, much more carefree, a much looser swing, not chasing out of the zone. When he chases out of the zone, he, he gets himself in trouble, and I mentioned John Flaherty earlier talking to him about Sanchez's swing. He said, when you're, when you're not catching up the fastballs, when you're that late on fastballs, there's got to be some kind of an adjustment. You have to make some kind of mechanical adjustment. So I expect that we'll see a different Sanchez this year, and the Yankees are hoping that it's much different. And, Jack, the sense you get, Higgy going to be Cole's personal catcher? To me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? I think during the regular season when – you know that you're going to have to give your number one guy some days off. Why Why would you mess up that combination? I know the Yankees have, have a lot of respect for Sanchez and his catching ability and, and the work that he has put in. But, again, they answered those questions. Last year, if you were following the Yankees down the stretch, even though Aaron Boone didn't give an answer, so to speak, when he was asked, well, will Cole catch him? Will Higashioka catch Cole in the postseason, too? They were answering the question for you on the field by having Higashioka catch him so often as the regular season ended. Jack Curry, check him out on the Yes Network, pre and post, janky hot stove. Can't wait for the season to get going. God willing, it will start on time, and 
Hopefully, Jack, there's a couple of remotes for you guys out at Yankee Stadium. 2021, nowhere to go but up, right? Thanks a lot, JJ. I look forward to uh, 2021 being healthier, safer, and happier for all of us. And, yes, baseball coming back and us getting a better version of it than we did in 2020. And everyone's safety being of paramount importance, but some entertainment for us, too. Jack, amen to that, man. All the best. Stay safe, you and the family, all right? Take care, JJ. They have it. That's Jack Curry, one of the best covering the New York Yankees. Some interesting stuff there. Gary Sanchez is going to be a polarizing figure again. I can guarantee you that. Get aboard at 877-337-6666. We'll touch on the Yankee legacy of Masahiro Tanaka, but we got a lot more on Deshaun Watson. If you're the Jets, it's simple. You got to do everything in your power to get them. Your calls, your reaction, all that and more. It's coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.